welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long. And welcome to this edition of News in Focus. We're glad that you've joined us. We're going to give you a State House update in this program. And then later in the hour, we're going to hear from State Representative Gary Click. And he's going to be talking about the Ohio SAFE Act, that's House Bill 68, which would ban transgender agenda in the Ohio schools and with minors. It would protect our youngsters against the radical transgender movement that's trying to uh, push a psychology, counseling, uh, also hormonal treatments, and, God help us, surgeries on minor people uh, saying that they are not the birth sex that they were born with. He's going to talk about that legislation. That's House Bill 68. And actually, Representative Click was with us last night at our public forum in Wadsworth at the Nazarene Church that the Ohio Christian Alliance hosted, along with State Representative Scott Wiggum. We'll talk about that in a minute, but I'd like to begin with a verse of Scripture, because when we see all the news today that we're confronted with as Christian people, we can, our hearts really at times, can be uh, depressed by what we see in the news. But let's take courage for what the Bible says in Zechariah chapter 4 and verse 6 that it's not by might, nor by power, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. And that's encouragement from God's Word today when we consider all that it confronts us in our world today. And yet, uh, He giveth us the victory. So I just want you to be encouraged with that, and uh, I am as well, from that hope from the Word of God. Well, there's so much to talk about, and actually we have, of course, a real threat to the pro-life community in the state of Ohio. After the fall of the Dobbs decision last June, which was historic as the, excuse me, the Dobbs decision, which was the fall of Roe v. Wade, uh, the Dobbs decision was the, the, the decision that overturned Roe v. Wade last June, was such a major victory for pro-lifers who have fought for nearly 50 years on the pro-life battle in this country since Roe v. Wade was enacted in 1973. So on June of 2022, the U.S. Supreme Court, after three justices that were appointed by uh, President Trump, it basically was a conservative court looking at the constitutionality of the, of the law and overturned Roe with the Dobbs decision. At that time, uh, Ohioans and Americans across the country, we rejoiced, we wept, we congratulated each other on the overturning of Roe. And uh, we were delighted and just celebrated that finally Roe v. Wade, abortion on demand through all 50 states, would finally had come to an end. Well, there wasn't much time to rejoice as we had to get to work right away to uh, move along with the laws that had been passed in the states, uh, restricting abortion when a heartbeat is detected. Here in the state of Ohio, we have Ohio's heartbeat law. And that law basically stated when a heartbeat is detected, an abortion cannot take place. And so there's provisions there of which uh, monitors have to be uh, placed, and uh, if a heartbeat is detected, abortion could not take place. So thank God for that law, because it did save babies this summer, because immediately after the Dobbs decision and the overturning of Roe, State Attorney General Dave Yost filed 
with the federal court where there uh, where the heartbeat law had been held up in and and fought for the release of the injunction in which the court did grant that after the Dobbs decision. And so the heartbeat law went into effect for several months here in the state of Ohio. And to our reports from across the state, it was saving lives. And there was wonderful testimonies by pro-lifers that were out in front of abortion centers and women coming out and saying they can't do business today. And I didn't want to do this anyways. And can you folks talk to me? And just testimony after testimony of wonderful reports of women who had kept their children because the heartbeat law went into effect. Consequently, not long after, in Cincinnati, there was a municipal judge and Planned Parenthood Ohio, an abortion interest, they went ahead and filed a lawsuit against the heartbeat law, and that court judge basically put a stop on the heartbeat law. It now went back to the states. Remember, the Dobbs decision basically didn't, you know, uh, make abortion illegal in all 50 states, what it basically did was send it back to the states. So oh, states like Ohio that have heartbeat laws went into effect, or other pro-life provisions went into effect, and some of them met with legal challenge by the pro-abortion interest. Well, this case is now before the Ohio Supreme Court, as um, Attorney General Dave Yost at the beginning of this year filed uh, in a, a um, uh, case to bring it to the state Supreme Court, and um, that's where we're going to appeal it. And it is believed that the the Ohio Supreme Court will uphold Ohio's heartbeat law. Well, last night we had a policy forum with State Representative Scott Wiggum and Representative Gary Click, and we talked about a number of issues. We talked about the 60% threshold, that is, uh, changing Ohio law that when a state constitutional amendment is on the ballot, that it would take 60% threshold for its passage. Currently, it's just a simple majority. And with that comes all kinds of problems. In fact, the federal template to change our U.S. Constitution is two-thirds. Uh, I personally believe we should make it two-thirds, which would be 67% passage uh, for an approval of amending our Ohio Constitution. You know, the Ohio Constitution, the U.S. Constitution, were not uh, written so that they're easily changed and so that it would have to be an overwhelming support uh, for that. And so uh, our founders in the framework of our nation with our federal constitution laid that out. But um, some time ago, back in 1912 with progressives, they wanted uh, that you could change the state constitution with a simple 51% uh, measure. So we've had this uh, in place all these years, and we've had some pretty screwy things put in the Ohio Constitution as a consequence of that, namely the casinos that passage a few years ago. And in fact, that ballot language actually referenced um, real estate of where the, the uh, casinos were to be placed. And so, you know, <laughs> later they had to change that because you can't uh, basically codify into the Constitution uh, a monopoly, and that's what was happening with those casinos with the passage of it. And so there was a big debate that happened. And what happened with the casino gaming? Well, you had millions and millions of dollars pour into the state of those who wanted casinos and to make money uh, with casino gaming in Ohio. And so our Constitution was basically up for sale. 
uh, to the highest bidder. Whoever came in with the biggest checkbook, they could buy a piece of our state constitution. Well, that's not what we the people want. And look, as the director of the public policy group, the Ohio Christian Alliance, we believe in the people's initiative. But it's, it's long since not been that for some time now. Okay, we did in 2004 pass the marriage amendment. It actually passed by 62%. Uh, we were involved with the Health Care Freedom Amendment a number of years ago, uh, which was uh, fighting against Obamacare and saying that our personal health choices were our own. That passed by over 60%. Or how about Marcy's Law, defending uh, the victims' rights? Um, that passed by over 60%. So you see, it's really not that difficult for a 60% passage if the majority of people of Ohio want it. We personally believe that most Ohioans do not want abortion on demand to the ninth month of pregnancy, even uh, doing away with our law on partial birth abortion. We fought for that some 25 years ago and got that into law here in the state of Ohio. Then we got a 20-week ban on abortion, a ban on Down syndrome children, where if people didn't want uh, that, it was determined by sonograms that uh, or ultrasound that their child had, uh, you know problems and it was a Down syndrome child that they could abort it for that purpose. We thought that that was wrong, to take human life for that purpose. And uh, so we got a ban on Down syndrome uh, children. And then we've got the heartbeat law, of course, when a heartbeat is detected. And we have parental parental notification in the state. What does that mean? Well, that means if your underage daughter uh, is being counseled for abortion by a school counselor, you have to be notified. And so that would all go away, folks, if this radical pro-abortion agenda, the ballot issue that's currently currently they are circulating for petition. And I want to warn you about that. Be careful what you sign out there right now, okay? And so these presenters, they may say, well, this is about health care and it's about choice. And, you know, it's like, well, who would be against that? Look at the fine print and read. And if it's the abortion uh, ballot issue, Please, you know, do not sign that. Uh, do not help these people get to the ballot. Uh, you don't have to sign that. Be be aware of what's being presented to you in in signature because that's your basically your affidavit, and you're helping them get to the ballot. And I'm not sure that's what you want to do. But let's go a, to a clip because breaking news came out of the state house today with state senator, Senate President Matt Huffman about the 60% threshold. Now, before we go to the clip, let me give you. a a little bit of background. So we've been working with the legislature to try to increase the the constitutional amendment process to 60% for passage. Now, the legislature can put a measure directly on the ballot where the people would have to uh, secure enough signatures. So, for for instance, the abortion ballot measure needs 412,500 signatures, good ones, verified by the Secretary of State's office that they are registered voters in the state of Ohio and current uh, before it could be certified for the ballot in November. They're probably going to shoot for a million signatures because a number of them get thrown out, of course. So that group is busily collecting signatures right now. How successful they're going to be, they have until July 5th to turn in those signatures. But let's go back last November, December in the lame duck session. This was... um, uh, being considered the 60% threshold, and unfortunately, that did not get done. And so then the next window of time was up until February 1st with the new legislature being sworn in in January. 
They had till February 1st. They could have uh, placed it on the ballot. It would have taken 60 votes in the House and a majority in the Senate, two-thirds in the Senate, and they had that. They didn't even have to go to the governor's desk. They could have placed it on the ballot for a May primary, and then we would have voted for it in May before these folks get to the ballot in November. Now, a constitutional amendment change by signature petition has to be on a general election. That's November. But the legislature could put it on a special primary or a special election. And that's why I want to bring you up to date, because we all lost heart when the 22 Republicans joined the 32 Democrats and went ahead made some kind of deal. And you got to assume at this point that deal was that the 60% threshold was off the table for Jason Stevens to get the 32 Democrats to vote for him for speaker and upending Derek Marin, the, the strong conservatives, uh, chance to become speaker with the 45 Republicans, basically looking and saying, what just happened? Well, because a coup took place, a betrayal. And uh, this is no secret. We've talked about it on this program that the Ohio Republican Party, even in their central committee, rebuked the 22 for voting with the Democrats for speaker. And then a number of county party uh, chairs across the state are conducting censure uh, measures and uh, basically statements of rebuke to those 22 who voted against the party interest and voted with the Democrats to elect Jason Stevens and speaker. So there's, there's really kind of an impasse in the Ohio House. Now, here's Senate President Matt Huffman talking about the 60% threshold because it's not dead yet, even though we didn't get it done in a lame duck bat in December or meet the February deadline for the May primary. Here's what Senate President Matt Huffman had to say today in a State House News report with Karen Kessler of the Ohio State House News Bureau. Let's take a listen. Groups are gathering signatures in Ohio for a constitutional amendment on reproductive rights. Meanwhile, there's a hearing Wednesday on a plan to require amendments get 60 percent voter approval. And a key Republican leader is suggesting a possible statewide vote on the 60 percent requirement amendment before the abortion amendment is voted on. August elections were abandoned in the law that takes effect next month, requiring voters to show photo ID. But Senate President Matt Huffman says there could still be a special statewide election in August to vote on the proposal to require 60 percent of voters approve constitutional amendments. So the answer is yes. I think that, um, you know, we have, of course, the August primary as a recurring uh, election was removed, but there are a lot of special elections that we have, you know, whether it's for Congress, and it seems to me when we were dealing with redistricting 10 years ago, we actually had two primaries set, one in May and one in June because of congressional map problems and things like that. So I think, yeah, I think that's a, a possibility that that could be placed on in, uh, in a special election in August. House Speaker Jason Stevens says he hasn't heard that, but he's glad that there will finally be a hearing on the idea. The sponsor of the 60% requirement amendment said in a letter in December that it could shut down efforts to put abortion access and redistricting changes in Ohio's Constitution. Karen Kassler at the Ohio Public Radio State House News Bureau. So, State Senator Matt Huffman, the Senate President, made news today that uh, possibly we will be voting on a 60% threshold constitutional amendment uh, increase on the August primary. I have to say, we're in favor of that at this point. We didn't fight all these years for these pro-life laws to be dismissed by radical abortion interests coming into the state of Ohio. They can't get it through the legislature. The, The radical liberals can't get it through the legislature. They can't win 
these House races. All the Republicans won all statewide office holders. They won. Uh, they hold the majority of the congressional districts. Uh, they won the U.S. Uh, Senate race last year. They won all three state Supreme Court races last year. And so what does the radical left do? Here they come, exploiting our state constitutional amendment process, which is just 51% could wipe away three decades of legislative work. Folks, we can't let that happen. So I'm going to ask you to join on support. If this actually gains momentum of a 60% threshold on an August ballot, we're all for it at the Ohio Christian Alliance. We'll be out advocating for it in advance of that November disastrous abortion law that would be abortion through the ninth month. That's not what Ohioans want. And when they, you won't hear that in the ads from the radical left, I guarantee you, and including transgender surgeries in there as well. And that taxpayer funded is in there for these surgeries. This is the radical language that was on the ballot in Michigan. And uh, the folks of Michigan are still reeling from what happened up there last November. They were the first victims after the June Dobbs decision, uh, which overturned Roe v. Wade. Uh, Michigan was the first, the first victims there. Now, they're going to have to fight back for their pro-life cause in the state of Michigan, and we're going to have to hold the line here in the state of Ohio. Let me give you also some other updates from the Ohio Supreme Court. You're listening to News in Focus, a broadcast of the Ohio Christian Alliance. You can visit our website for information uh, about what we're talking about on these legislative items, and that's ohioca.org, or just search Ohio Christian Alliance. Um, also, if you have questions, you can also phone us at 330-887-1922. Again, that's 330-887-1922. We are going to be recruiting volunteers to help us with bulletin inserts to the churches on uh, opposing this radical abortion ballot measure that they're collecting signatures currently. Well, let's talk about that, shall we? Because the state attorney general, Dave Yost, really shocked us all when uh, he, on the first draft, approved the ballot language of the pro-abortion group. Now, normally, the state attorney general, it is his, his, uh, what's his role? Well, his role is to uh, accept the language, review it to see whether it um, uh, is a legal, fair, or truthful statement. Okay, So he's not making judgment on it. Dave Yost has said repeatedly, I'm a pro-life individual. I am... Uh, I'm very pro-life. I stand for the cause of life. Uh, he's made that known. He's uh, you know, done that in office uh, throughout his career. However, as state attorney general, he can't deny these people access to the ballot. He simply has to review the language. We were surprised that the state attorney general's office, which is a group of attorneys that work with the state attorney general as well, so let's keep that in mind, uh, reviewed the language and basically uh, said that um, it was truthful in statement and on the first draft. That's almost never done, by the way. I mean, normally they always send it back to the group and saying there's problems here and they'll resubmit it, and there's like 10 days in each submission to uh, the draft before it's approved. So it does hold them up a bit, uh, a bit through that process. Well, we were stunned that that happened so quickly. Then comes uh, the ballot uh, board. Well, what does the ballot board do? Well, they determine whether it is single subject, okay? And that was chaired by uh, a former Secretary of State, uh, I'm sorry, current Secretary of State, Frank LaRose, 
two other Republicans and two Democrats or serve on the Ohio ballot board. In a unanimous decision, they stated that the ballot language was single subject. Well, Cincinnati Right to Life with uh, some uh, folks down there in Cincinnati have filed a lawsuit. And they yesterday made some news when they filed a mandamus writ of ballot language filed at the Ohio Supreme Court. And that happened yesterday. Well, what are they saying? They're saying, hey, this is multi-subject, and we're appealing that this go back to the ballot board to divide this abortion ballot language up into two or more parts, not just one. So that's big news. And that was Cincinnati Right to Life who did that yesterday. So that's that's huge. And uh, there's been action on that where there's a number of I'm looking, actually, if you go to our website, ohioca.org, you can actually click on the um, link for that court case and see it in progress. So we encourage you to do that. You can see the filings as they're submitted on that mandamus action of writ on the ballot board language. That's on our website, mandamus writ on ballot language filed at the Ohio Supreme Court. Click on that link, and it will bring up for you the case docket. Um, and so that that's important. Also, Ohio's heartbeat law, as things progress there with the appeal of State Attorney General Dave Yost to basically uh, defend Ohio's heartbeat law, that link is also on our website. These are very helpful uh, items for you to look at. Also, the abortion ballot language, uh, that, at, that this is the language as was approved, okay? Now, again, if the court sends this back, it may change in divisional parts. Uh, the language won't change, and so you need to take a look at that. And then in the coming weeks, we're going to have a ballot, uh, excuse me, bulletin inserts for you to distribute at your church, handouts, to begin to educate yourself and your other fellow Christians at your church and let your pastor know about it. Uh, to pass these out and uh, to basically urge people not to vote if this thing ends up on the ballot in November, not to vote for this ballot measure, and to inform people right away because we need to really start rallying the troops, defend the cause of life against this radical abortion ballot measure. So again, uh, last night was a great public policy forum with State Representative Scott Wiggum on the 60% threshold, State Representative Gary Click. So we'll join us in just a few minutes. We interviewed him last week. We're going to replay that this week. Again, on House Bill 68, the Ohio SAFE Act. And i got to tell you, Pastor Gary Click, I want you to pray for him because uh, basically he is really doing a ministry here and dealing with a lot of people who have detransitioned, meaning sometime in their youth they are transitioned from their, their uh, basic, the, the sex that they were born with to another identity, and now have de-transitioned back. And so these people have really incredible stories, and it's heartbreaking, but yet we want to protect them with House Bill 68. Representative Gary Click is going to talk about that in just a few minutes. And I thank you for listening today. Again, you can support the Ohio Christian Alliance at our website. There's a donate button there at the top. And just visit us at ohioca.org. Keep us on the air here on the broadcast. And again, just a contribution of uh, any amount would be greatly appreciated. And again, all that information uh, that we've talked about today is on the website at ohioca.org. Thanks for listening. God bless. Stay tuned for State Representative Gary Click on the Ohio Safe Act, House Bill 68.
Be afraid. Be very afraid. There are those in Washington who want the IRS to take more of your hard-earned money. Are you tired of being the perpetual cash cow for every scheme, unreasonable program, and for all the fraud, waste, and abuse in our system? Well, good news. I can help. George Satari has almost 40 years of experience helping people like you keep more of what you make. It makes no sense that the more you make, the more they take. Let George help you keep your money away from the government bureaucratic waste and in your pocket. Call 216-651-1120 right now and schedule your free consultation today. Instead of a victim, you'll You'll be be the the victor. victor. With many success stories, George helps with tax planning, estate planning, financial and business analysis, and more. The new tax law has many ways to save money with retirement planning, accelerated depreciation, up to 20% exception of net earnings, and so much more. Call 216-651-1120. That's 216-651-1120. You earn it, we'll help you keep it. That's George Satari, CPA, 216-651-1120. In the Army National Guard, soldiers serve part-time and close to home. My community means everything to me. It helped shape me into who I am today and is where I choose to raise my own family. That's why I joined the Army National Guard. I'm proud of where I'm from. And as a soldier, I get to give back to the people that helped me succeed. The education benefits I got from serving helped me get my degree and jumpstart my career. The training and leadership skills I've gained from the Army National Guard help me every day when I teach young people, help my neighbors, and look out for my community. I know that when my neighbors need us the most, my fellow soldiers and I will be ready. My family loves it here, and my part-time service means we get to stay here. Serve part-time in the community you live in as a proud member of the Army National Guard. Talk to your local recruiter or visit NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Ohio Army National Guard. Aired by the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station. The following is a previously aired broadcast. Welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long. And welcome, and we're glad that you've joined us for this edition of News in Focus. We're going to be getting a report from the State House on a very important piece of legislation that will protect children here in the state of Ohio, from the radical agenda of the transgender movement. And this is happening all across the country, and it's happening in our state. And when you talk to some of these young people that have been through this experience, boy, I'll tell you, it's heart-wrenching to hear uh, those who have uh, been exploited with what they call gender dysphoria. And basically, uh, when young people go through adolescence, they're trying to find out who they are, and there have been really, uh, I'll be honest with you, people who um, exploit them for those purposes and tell them, well, maybe you're not really a boy, maybe you're a girl, and or maybe you're not really a girl, you're a boy, and you should consider transitioning to the other sex. It's a nightmare, folks, and it's happening here in the state of Ohio, and we have good men and women who serve us in public office who are willing to take a stand and to speak to the insanity of our age and to bring common reason uh, in the midst of this chaos that's going on. With me on the phone is State Representative Gary Click, 
Also, many of you know him as a pastor friend of ours from Fremont, Ohio. And Gary's been serving as state representative of the of the 88th district for the last few years. He just won re-election, and we're glad that he's with us. And we want to thank him for uh, really championing this uh, effort at the Ohio State House, what's called the SAFE Act. I'm going to let Gary tell us all about it as uh, the hearings will be coming up in the next few weeks. But uh, we appreciate all the co-sponsors of, of this legislation, and we appreciate uh, Gary uh, heading uh, this up for us at the State House. Gary, welcome to the program. Well, thank you, Chris. And, and I want to say as we start, thank you for everything that you do. Uh, with the Ohio Christian Alliance, just to get the good word out on this bill, other bills like it, and just to take a stand for what's right in our state, to protect young people, to advance the cause of righteousness. Listen, we just we need more people like you out there doing this. So thank you very much. Well, thank you, Representative. And this is the second time that you've introduced this legislation. In fact, last uh, May, it's been it's coming up almost on a year now, and I saw the right. hearings online. And uh, when you heard the testimony of those who came in to basically talk about their own personal experience um, of transitioning and then de- uh, transitioning back to their born identity of their gender, uh, I tell you, it was heart-wrenching, Gary, and it was a great job on your part and the sponsors of this bill to bring those in uh, so the committee could hear in real time what people have actually experienced. and quite honestly, how they were exploited in a time of need when they needed some counseling to help them to strengthen them in their personal identity, and they may have had other comorbidities going on at the same time in their life. Uh, And I think science will prove that out in the studies, uh, that these are people that are vulnerable to begin with, and then there are those who exploit them to actually bring in this kind of gender confusion into their life. And the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And when the enemy brings in that kind of confusion on someone of their very basic nature of who God designed us to be, male and female, and um, that that's where real trouble begins. Explain to us how this bill that you're introducing will at least protect our minors here in the state of Ohio and our school children. And thank you for doing it. Well, thank you, Chris. So the Ohio Safe Act, it's HB 68, it was 454 last year. And it prohibits the the concept or the idea or the practice, actually, of giving hormone blockers and cross-sex hormones to children, as well as it prohibits any surgeries to the children. Um, and, you know, the the Children's Hospital Association, and same on them, uh, they, were, they were really pushing hard against this bill. And the reason they push hard against this bill is because they make so much money out of exploiting these children. They want to say they want to act like they don't make money off of it, but the reality is, is Vanderbilt University Hospital was exposed for this and talking about how much money they made off of each procedure and the follow-up procedures. Uh, Dr. Rachel Levine, the uh, the who is part of the Biden administration, there are emails that came out recently about how he, yes, he uh, was out there advocating and talking about the return on investment even if the children don't transition to adulthood, but if you can capture them in this as a minor, uh, it's a big problem. And so we're starting off with the hormone blockers. We want to block hormone blockers. Uh, I didn't think about how that would come out, but blocking the blockers. Uh, and the reason we want to block that is because the hormone blockers is what's given to children when they start Tanner stage two of puberty. 
and it interrupts their brain development right off the bat. That's the first thing they want to do. Now, the truth is, Chris, that 85 to 95% of kids who go through puberty, their gender dysphoria, their gender identity disorder will resolve naturally. And many kids have gender uh, identity disorder for various reasons. Uh, and it's not, the, but the one reason it never is is because it's a boy's spirit trapped in a girl's body or vice versa. Many times they have other comorbidities. Almost always they have comorbidities such as anxiety, uh, depression, autism, um, ADHD. And there's something else that's going on. And this uh, gender dysphoria becomes the escape for this, whatever mental health issue that they're dealing with. So we should not belittle those children. We should not think poorly of those children. We should love those children. In fact, there have been many instances where the child struggles with this because they are, have suffered from abuse uh, from someone and maybe someone close to them, maybe someone not, uh, whether it's sexual abuse or just violence or something uh, such as that that enters into their life, and this becomes their escapism or their route out. There are times when the, it's the result of FDIA, which is factitious disorder and another, uh, that used to be called Munchausen syndrome by proxy. And uh, someone in their life, there's a, a lady by the name of Amber Bengal, who describes how her daughter uh, told her that she was really a boy from the womb. And that appears on a TED Talk. And so it's sometimes it's the mothers or the parents who are imposing this on their children. I would not say every time, but there's many reasons a child suffers from this. But if they go through puberty naturally, 85 to 95% of them will self-resolve. But when you put them on puberty blockers, you disallow them from going through that natural process, that natural remedy, and that natural cure. And then what happens is these, the, the physicians and the counselors will put them on cross-sex hormones or opposite-sex hormones or, uh, more appropriately, wrong-sex hormones, which will further confuse that child. And uh, each time they go through this, there's a sense of euphoria that the child uh, gains in, in opposition to the dysphoria. You know, euphoria good, dysphoria bad. And so they get that sense of euphoria, but that euphoria wears off after a while. And then we have right here in Ohio, we have proof of this in Ohio, uh, young girls as, as young as 16 years old are getting double mastectomies, uh, and sometimes even after only one visit in counseling. And uh, that's horrendous. You know, and we ha we just recently had Chloe Cole. Now, Chloe's from California. She's not from Ohio, but science is the same. The experience is the same no matter what state you're in. And uh, she went through this. They were giving her testosterone from the age of 12, and then uh, at the age of 15, they gave her the double mastectomy. And then at the age of 16, she, she kind of wakes up a little bit and she says, what did you allow me to do? And she began, and it was in a biology class where they were talking about, you know, mothers breastfeeding. And she thought, you know what? I'll never be able to do that. And, uh, and so she began to uh, detrans and, and, and she went back to her birth sex and so forth. And at the age of 17, she came to Ohio and testified we were the first place that she testified. Now you can see her everywhere, all over the nation. She was just at CPAC recently speaking on this topic. And then I had her back uh, via Zoom just uh, about a week ago to uh, do a video interview with me, along with uh, a lady named Kelly from Ohio, who 
suffered gender dysphoria as a child, and we did that to bring attention to uh, D-Trans Awareness Day, which is March the 12th every year. And in fact, we offered a, a bill uh, just this last week on uh, D- to name March 12th as D-Trans Awareness Day uh, every year. Well, we're talking with State Representative Gary Click of the 88th District. He's from the Fremont area. Uh, he's also a pastor, and as I've told him, his highest calling will always be that he's pastor and uh, the call of God. But he right. is bringing his morals and his uh, principles to the state house, and that's what we need men and women to do. You know, the legislature is made up of attorneys and uh, retired school teachers and businessmen, and there ought to be a few preachers down there. So uh, thank right. God we've had a few of you over the last few years. And Gary, I got to tell you. Uh, you you take the heart of the children because, you know, in the ministry that you're in, uh, you know, obviously pastoring men and women, doing funerals, weddings, uh, Christ, you, know, uh, uh, you know, obviously dedic- child dedications and baptisms. You know, we see our young people, and you have a vibrant youth ministry, you have a Christian school, and it breaks your heart to see what our children are facing these days with the, this dysphoria of the age. Uh, basically, Satan's lie upon a generation. And basically, it is to really fight back against God. What's the very nature of who we are as individuals? Well, the very basic question to man, who am I? Why am I here? <laughs> you know, where yeah. am I going? Well, uh, who am I? Well, God made us male and female, created he them. And he made us in, in his image. So to to alter that is to take is to destroy to attempt to destroy the image of God as he's made men and women each in their roles distinctively and i i tell you it just so for our listeners and i i've got to say also you know as a, as an older ohioan i never thought we'd be facing these kinds of things right but you know i right. i thank god that you're down there and you've really schooled yourself on a number of the terms and uh, to into the science of it and the study. And, of course, in America, we're just now experiencing this as it's exploding on the scene. And, by the way, I had Linda Harvey of Mission America on my radio program recently where she said, Chris, it's not 2 or 3%. We now have among our young people, because of the pr- promulgation of this kind of uh, theory and philosophy right. and socialization, now it's 14 to 15 percent of our young wow. people identify as LGBTQ. So this thing is big, folks, and we need to get out in front of it. Thank God we have 40 co-sponsors supporting the SAFE Act, House Bill 68. Representative, you, you will be having a hearing. Obviously, a sponsor hearing will eventually be coming, and then uh, proponent testimony. What will this look like this year? Uh, last year you did stellar. I mean, you had some great folks came in. And, and really, thank God for these brave men and women to come in and testify to tell about their own stories, because it's so heart-wrenching and it's very personal. And even some of the moms and dads whose hearts have been broken of their young people that have, uh, that were, you know, the school was advising them this. They ran away, right. they're minors, and it's like they altered their children's bodily functions. I mean, it's it's horrible. Tell us about that. Yeah, well, first of all, let me just say, Chris, we would invite anyone that's your listening audience that has a personal experience with this to reach out to us, because it happens to people of all sorts, and, and Christians, and, as well as anyone else. 
And so please reach out at REP, that's Rep88, at OhioHouse.gov and, and tell us your story. Uh, and we'd like to incorporate you into this. But one of the things that we know, and, and also if you're a physician or a professional, but it's hard many times to get people to testify in these things because it's, it's kind of scary standing up in front of people and, and telling your story. And we run into that. And I, I, I know some other folks right here in Ohio that have considered testifying and they say, well, you know, I just want to focus forward and I don't want to relive the past. And, and we don't try to coerce anyone into it. But there are people who are really have you know, experienced that, and and really they talk about having PTSD from it, uh, from those experiences and from being lied to, and from the abuse and so forth. And uh, they want to move on. But we have great support here in the house. The last GA was more of an educational time, bringing people up to speed on this difficult subject. We had 25 co-sponsors last year, and uh, they all thought that was that was big. But this year we got 40. We only need 50 votes to pass it. And so, and I know there are people who did not uh, co-sponsor it, but they have told me they support it and that they will be there for us and that we can get this across the finish line and into the Senate, into the House, and then uh, I believe the governor will sign this. And, and there's and been a number of others. Yeah, there's been a number of other states recently that have taken action. I believe Tennessee, uh, Utah. Uh, what are some of the other states that are moving forward with this kind of well, legislation? Well, I know it, it just passed. Yeah, it was several states. I know it just passed in Kentucky. Uh, from the House. Now it's in the Senate, and they're a little concerned in, in the Senate. Uh, Kelly, who was on the video we just did, uh, she went down there and testified. They saw the video, and, and I don't know if you're able, maybe you want to put that video in your show notes uh, for the podcast, but uh, there, or you can just check out my social media or my YouTube, and the video is there where we talked with uh, Chloe, but we also talked uh, We are going to put that up on our website, and we will put it in an yeah. email, and we'll also have the written testimony Last year, Helena Kirshner, she, her testimony was fantastic, and oh, she was my, from Cincinnati, absolutely. 23-year-old. And I, I tell you, yeah. it was very po- she was very well-spoken. So She was we'll tremendously have- well-spoken. And, and here's the thing that happened, uh, Chris, is in testimony, we actually had one of the Democrats just blow up at her. So I don't know why we're even talking about this. It's a small number. It's insignificant. Well, it might be insignificant if it's not you. But when it's you and when it's your body that's been destroyed and your life that's been destroyed and your children and your family has been destroyed, it's not insignificant. And they try to minimize the experiences of these young people. And I've had to say, you know, how many children are you willing to sacrifice for your own ideology? Uh, there is no, this is contraindicated by science and by medicine, but they want to push their ideology on these kids for their own ideological purposes. It's horrible. Yeah, and thank God they're in the minority, uh, you know, because uh, that reasoning is just ridiculous to even say that to those people that came in the room so bravely and shared their testimonies of uh, what the tragedy is of this whole thing. And, of course, they're there to speak for the narrative of, uh, you know, a very, um, the transition, you know, uh, transition LGBTQ agenda meaning the Democrats. right? And you know what, folks, we're just going to call them out. When a lie is a lie, we're going to call it out. We're going to tell you what the truth is. And, you know, uh, look, it's it's funny, Gary. You know, it's like I've had people from the time I was uh, saved, uh, a man that came out of the homosexual lifestyle. Uh, he was actually uh, one of the ones who led our Bible study way back then. Uh, you know, they cheer me on in the work that we do all yeah. these years later. Um We've had uh, former homosexuals on our, our 
on our board. You know, that's a, you know, and the point of it is people come out of these lifestyles uh, because, right. as Paul said, and such were some of you. But we've never seen the ability now where medical science is willing to alter the medical or the physical being of women and, and castration of young people. Uh, thank God for Walsh right. is out there. He's out there uh, basically blowing this thing up. But we do have doctors right. in this state. Uh, one of the things that your committee did was outed one of the medical practices in Columbus, uh, just right. by testimony, that was actually doing this. Tell us about that. Well, they weren't only doing this. Uh, they were actually exposing children to pornography as well. And uh, and uh, the, so it was Nationwide Hospital was doing this. They put the kids out there. They had a special website, and they were linking them uh, to uh, this group that would also link them to, you know, sex toys and videos about how to, uh, you know, perform fellatio and how to strip tease and things like that. And uh, they were, you know, we they we were we exposed them for that in committee. And ironically, they didn't take it down until a week later when the Columbus Dispatch called and they said, hey, we want to do a story on this. We sent them all the links, and they followed the links. And, and you know, congratulations to Haley B. Miller from the dispatch. She covered it honestly. And uh, she, I asked her, I said, did you follow the links? She said, yes. I said, what did you think? She says, well, I thought it was disturbing. And so you, you, we don't always get the press to work with us on our side. But she saw it for what it was, and she exposed it. And when she exposed it, they took it down uh, because the press made something out of it. But the hard part is, Chris, is the, the press... Uh, and I, I won't speak for every reporter, but many of the reporters they don't want to cover this. They didn't want to. They don't want to interview Chloe. Uh, I had Scott Nugent here. Scott is actually a female uh, who transitioned at the age of forty-two. Was featured in Matt Walsh's video. What is a woman? And uh, and and we don't talk, talk. We're not tackling stuff that people do when they're adult. We're not tackling uh, their their sexual preferences. Uh, we're not tackling you know whether they're gay, lesbian, or bi. The fact is, is many of the gay and lesbian people are the ones who are the victims of this. And, you know, Scott says he's a lesbian trans man. Well, Scott used to be a beautiful woman named Kelly, but uh, her partner didn't want to be known as a lesbian, so she talked Scott into transitioning, or Kelly into transitioning into Scott. And then when it was all said, none left Scott. And and so many of these, I'm just reading a book right now that just came out because in England and other places, they're shutting these clinics down. And one of the things that they say is the cause of it is actually uh, homophobia, which I, you know, I don't necessarily buy into that word, but for what we're talking about here, you can understand this is that there are parents who actually look at the children and say, I would have rather have a straight trans child than a gay son or a lesbian daughter. And so parents are sometimes using this as a form of conversion therapy. Uh, and so use, the victims of this are, are people who, are sometimes same-sex attracted, and they're told, well, rather than be same-sex attracted, you just need to change your sex. And, and it's a wicked world we're in where you can't just love somebody. You know, I'm not saying anything that you wouldn't think I'd say, but you got to be able to love people, not tell them they got to go get surgery in order to be themselves. It's not authentic if it requires a syringe and a scalpel. We're talking with State Representative Gary Click of Ohio's 88th District, and we're talking about the SAFE Act, and it has uh, 40 co-sponsors in the Ohio House, 
and this will protect our minor children from the transitioning or the transgender movement. Uh, Gary, what we see with the Biden administration in public schools is actually trying to indoctrinate our children from a very early age. And the uh, Department of Education under the Biden administration has been pushing these materials. So this is happening with uh, parents in real time of what it's actually kind of exploded during the Biden administration. Uh, They get federal dollars into the school districts and they're pushing the agenda. Your thoughts on that? Well, not only are they pushing the agenda, they're te- they were telling uh, people that if they did not participate in that agenda, that they would lose their milk money and they take away, you know, the uh, the free lunches for kids in their schools. And what kind of a bully does that? You know, I spoke up at the State Board of Education on that, took a bottle of milk in there with me, and I said, who steals milk, milk money from kids? Presidents do, don't do that. Punks do that. And uh, not everybody likes that I had that to say, but we have to stand up for our kids, Chris, and that's what you're doing, and that's what I'm doing. And the fact is, is you know, and I, I'm careful how I present this um, because really we know what the Bible says, but we don't have you know, and in church that's great. And here I avoid the religious connotations because of you know people are going to want to say I'm pushing my religion, and that's a great way to get the spill overturned. And the, the truth is is, you know, if God says it, then it's also true scientifically. And so we use the scientific evidence to support this bill because the science is there. Uh, There is no science that tells us. They all want to say, I'm pushing my religion. And I say, you're the ones with the religion here. You're the ones that believe a boy's spirit is in a girl's body or vice versa. I'm just going by the science. Your DNA never changes. You know, it's either X or XY. You cannot change that. It's impossible to change that. And everything that you do, I mean, listen, these these boys who take this to become girls, they have a loss of bone density. Many of them have osteoporosis. These girls, their spines are not fusing together. Uh, they have a higher risk of heart attacks, stroke, cancer. They have lifelong complications. Scott Nugent has infections all the time, all the time. Scott was experiencing an infection when she was here. And, and just... The health complications and the health risks do not justify what they are doing, but it's more profit-driven. They make money off of it, and they're pushing the agenda. They are not looking out for the best interests of these children, which is why the Tampa stock is closing down in London. It's why they're closing these clinics down in in, uh, in uh, uh, Finland. It's why they're closing them down in France. It's why they're closing them down in Sweden. Everywhere that was got there before we did, they're looking at the results. This is the most, well, to me, one of the most significant that, results is that you are... 19, that's right. And that's why we're going to shut it down here in Ohio. We're going to shut it down here in Ohio. We're going to rally around House Bill 68, the SAFE Act, with Representative Gary Click. Thank you, Representative, for being our guest today on the program. Thank you, Chris. God bless you, my friend. We'll be praying for you. And thank, you, and thank you all for listening. If you missed any of today's program, you can hear it in its entirety at our website at ohioca.org. And we'll also have the testimonies up of these people as well on this issue. You have been listening to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. To learn more about the issues that matter most to you and your family, visit online at ohioca.org. That's ohioca.org. Thank you for listening. This program is sponsored by the Ohio Christian Alliance of Akron, Ohio.